0: So does that mean then that you're, you were describing the origins of that, that on-stage persona yeah. in chucking everything at them, trying to relate to them, bringing mm. them in, tr- like an, almost a nervous energy yeah. of having to define and prove yourself. Yeah. Does, to what extent... What's the relationship between things you've decided to be on stage, yeah. things you've discovered that you are on stage, yeah. and things that you have... that are a reaction to what you assume they want?
1: Yeah. I think... So I, I don't know if it's a decision, but I know it's something I'm aware of and that i I do comedy like I feel like i'm <laughs> I feel like I'm a complete sellout sometimes because half of me feels like a sellout because I feel like in a way i don't know if you describe it as pandering but i write, I try and do comedy that will be successful in many environments I not I did not come up in a in a, a kind of Industry or not industry, I guess. I guess, scene in New Zealand, where you could kind of go out on a limb and do whatever the fuck you wanted to, and like, obviously, do really amazingly creative, original stuff. But I think when you're in a place like I started in Auckland, and there's one comedy club, and there's one other venue that you can put your own gig on, there are not many gigs, and sometimes you are doing really shit gigs. You have to like have like a, I guess a, a. um, like, you had to have a style that kind of can morph into, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's something that is you can do, like, at a club, but you could also do in an hour show, or you could do, you know, at an alternative lineup. And for me, it's like, it was finding that, deciding to find what could operate in all of those kind of worlds. And at yet, the same still time. be,
0: still speak a truth for Ye- yourself.
1: Exactly, yeah. And I think, I think, for me, I think I always know that, I always decided that, like, I'm never – I don't think I, – I, I don't I buy into the thing of, like, pe- when people are like, oh, they're fucking geniuses, you know what I mean, because they just do whatever the fuck they want and they wait for the audience to come to them. And I know that pe- some people are, are like that and some people are amazingly like that, but, like, I think I've always seen kind of performing and stand-up as something where it's like I hate it when I don't see a performer come at least halfway to an audience. And I think it's – because – you always see it as like, and it sounds so happy, but like, when you perform, and especially in stand-up, it's like, it's mainly controlling energy. It's like this weird thing where you're like in a room with people, and you're like sensing an energy of a room, and you're like riding it, like this freaking wave or something, and oh my god, it sounds like such a... Hippie, <laughs> you know? But you know what I mean? Like, I, I like, do, actually. I've enjoyed actually, this a lot. Yeah, are actually I literally controlling an energy in a crowd by what you're kind of saying, and... To not come halfway in that they want to enjoy, they want to enjoy what you're going to say. But they're coming halfway. And if you're not even like meeting them halfway in the sense of saying stuff that they can grab and relate to and enjoy, I think. It's like, I find that that's that's the line where I'm like, I want to come at least halfway in, in what I do. So I guess I decide to do, yeah, that's why I decided to do kind of stuff that, you know perhaps maybe seems a bit a little hack sometimes and I find myself being a bit hack as well but what,
0: which aspects that's not a word I've used in in reference to what you're doing what not kind of hack, things do not, you mean a hack
1: I don't know just like not, not hack but just like especially when you're at a place like The, the Fringe and you're like you know when you when you just do stand up right and you see other so many other amazing performers doing such like wild awesome stuff just being so true to the, themselves and how they want to express themselves specifically and then you're like, fuck, I couldn't do that because I still want to be able to do like a club's 15. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, I still want to be able to survive in that environment as yes. well as. Yes, be able if to someone's do, you know.
0: disemboweling themselves in a, yeah. in, a, in, a, in a kind of incredibly poetic way. Yeah. What you're suggesting, I think, is that part of you thinks, like, well, it's not going to pay the bills.
1: Yeah, no, I know. I'm, I'm not brave enough to do that. And I literally have no backup whatsoever in, my, in, in, in life. Like,. Comedy. Is I mean, in like your do. midst, do you need a backup at twenty six in the same <gasps> way as know. like I don't have a backup. <laughs> <laughs> I, I find it terrifying, don't you find it terrifying? Because I I do find that terrifying sometimes. I think that idea of like I've only just now been like oh f- oh shit I could actually probably do this like for the for see like for the next ten years like I could ride on doing comedy and it's the first time I've ever felt like that. Like I've always gone well, it's all gonna fall apart in a couple of years like I, I just haven't seen it as a i guess a stable job i don't know but maybe that's because i yeah i have no other skills or university degrees or anything like that
0: let's talk about how you brought yourself to comedy
1: yeah yeah cool
0: it's- so <laughs> go on Why d-
1: no Why no did you no say that? no 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 my origin story i've got to get it straight um, brought myself to comedy. Um, I started when I was 15. Why? Um, um, oh, so um, I was always into, like, a drama and English and all of that stuff and, like, kind of creative stuff at school, and the New Zealand Comedy Festival uh, runs a program very similar to the Melbourne one as well called Class Comedians, which was a school program um, which goes to uh, high schools around, you know, the Auckland area where I'm from and um, does lunchtime workshops, and then from there, uh, kids can audition to be in like a two-week kind of... um, I guess comedy boot camp for teenagers, and um, then it ultimately ends up with them performing like five minutes of material. The five minutes of which I've got filmed, and I've still got my first ever gig when I was fifteen. 15 rather, it's hidden on YouTube. <laughs> uh, it's hidden, and it's like, oh my god! But I watched it the other day, and I was like, it was almost like I. I was like, this is actually. Not bad. Like I feel like I regressed in the middle. There. Like, I was like, I was like, man, I, I, I there were some years where I was doing it. And I was like eighteen, and I was not as good as this. But um, yeah. And so I got into that, and then I, I um I was like one of the youngest in the program. and I was quite shy and stuff. And then and then did the last performance. And then like um I remember Mark Watson was the uh, celebrity judge of it, mm-hmm. and I got the nailed it on the night award. And uh, um I was like, wow, maybe I should just keep doing this. And then I just did. Um, just keep doing open mics And other gigs Because the, the, the festival there And Scott the Classic They're really supportive of You know Supporting all those class comedians Out of that program Into doing it For uh, You know Properly And Then I Just kind of Ingratiated myself In the comedy Scene there as a teenager And like worked At the club um, uh, You know On Friday and Saturday nights As a bar back And then kept doing shows in the festival since I was about 16. So like, yeah, I've done like, yeah, I've, 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 so I've done, I haven't counted, but probably done like about seven hour shows since I was 18, seven hour long shows. And it's really interesting in New Zealand because, um, you know, an hour long show is something you write you do it for one week in the festival, and then you just never see it again. Yeah, and it's such a funny thing to think that I've got like about four hour long shows that are lost to time.
0: Because do you have them written down anywhere?
1: Some of them, some of them I've got material, and genuinely some of them I found, you know, some of the scripts, and I was like, this is not bad. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, you know what? Bit. There are some things in here that great big TV break, Suddenly
0: you need two hours. Hang exactly. on, Let's go back to the file. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. But I guess, for, but I guess, in more of like a less practical, like you know, technical. Way of like how I got into it I think I just um, I never wanted to like do um, I never was like I want to be a stand up comedian When I grew up But I really enjoyed acting And um, and I thought for me It was an awesome opportunity As a teenager who I think I think I had a lot of like Creative energy In that I wanted to do stuff Like I liked making little films and stuff And like I loved um, You know I, I loved drama And I loved music And all of that stuff and it was a really amazing um, kind of – it was the meeting of, of many different things, of being able to write something myself and then perform it myself and be in complete control of it, which I think is such is actually quite a rare thing when you're at that age where you're, like, completely in control of something, yes. you know, and you're not reading from someone else's script and also, like, you're not waiting for you – know, you're putting yourself up there on open mic, you're the one – you know, you're not waiting, you're not doing classes to be able to get so it's such a self kind of self starter um, form of performance, which I really, really enjoyed and really liked, because I think I always wanted to do that kind of stuff. And in terms of like, I remember my parents being like, I want to do ballet, I want to do this. And they're like, we cannot afford that. So if you can find have you considered a free stand up comedy <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you want know a free that's why my mom you was you don't even need shoes <laughs> exactly yeah. well my mum was probably you know my parents were probably stoked because it was a it was a creative outlet that they so so supportive of you know my mum would drop me off and pick me up but it was you know absolutely free you know i didn't need anything like didn't have to buy me anything or you know mm. like it was a hobby that was very um very suitable, I suppose, for me as a teenager. Apart from the fact that you know, you'd be like thinking about doing gigs at night while you're at like school, which is a mad thing to think of. <laughs> I, I remember, I specifically remember writing a set list out and uh, at, during a history class, and I was like, "This is that's funny." I it was a very um, surreal thing to do. To do
0: really. you think has there has there ever been any kind of um... I mean, I'm, uh, as you know, I'm enormously fond of the New Zealand comedy circuit for mm-hmm. the, the times that I visited it. And yes, uh,
1: you're very well loved by the New well, Zealand Well, that's the thing, that's <laughs> very
0: kind of you. Um, when you mentioned Scott, I felt like I should have said friend of the show, but there isn't really a word sufficient for like, you know, uh, I, uh, separate hemisphere uh, zinger yeah. merchant sitting on Facebook, zinging people over <laughs> <can't> <laughs> over over it. the other side of the world. <laughs> um, you know, the, the godfather mm. of, uh, of New Zealand comedy, I mm-hmm. think it's largely referred to. Yeah. Um, is there is there any tension between comics in New Zealand who came up through the class... Is it class clans? Class I'm comedians. Saying, class comedians. Yeah, yeah. They came up through the class comedian system and comics who didn't. And my knowledge of comics is that the more leather jacket wearing type <laughs> of comedian would be happy to look down on someone who'd done a course.
1: Yeah, Well. well, I think it is... I don't necessarily think there is a tension in that because I think... Um, I think that the waves are different And it's actually more location based Rather than where you're coming from I think there is a tension When I came up actually though I remember we came up in the era of like Our inspirations were You know People who came to like our our office Like Josie Long David Adotti um, Maeve Higgins You know all of those kind of Slightly alternative Early 2000s comedians Who were just like Just like You know who would be Described I suppose as Whimsical Sure uh, like, back in the day. In, in, I in, made in a, in a, all
0: of these badges myself by hand. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. And that was <laughs> the vibe I
1: was on, man. Yeah, like a yeah, yeah. Where you're like, fuck yes, this is awesome. And I think, for me, the, on, that was the the bigger, um, the one that I was most aware of was the tension between the uh, generation who were like, what the fuck is this shit? This little pan- pansy-ass bullshit stuff. And, like... And then my, I guess my generation who looked, you know, looks up to those people. And that was, those were our kind of inspirations, I think. So that was for me, when when we were coming up, that was probably the biggest tension. I mean, I think, um, I think, uh, yeah, Auckland is so small. New Zealand is so small that it is hard to have genuine, genuine beef. It's very interesting. It's very, it's quite nice because it's, it's good and bad in some ways. It's so tiny that it's just, you know, you're like, fucking hell, like, what is this? We're just like this weird kind of group of people, like weird kind of, not incestuous, but like like, it is like a weird extended family. It really feels like much more of an extended family than it does here or, you know, anywhere else I've yes. kind of done.
0: I, I okay. often, uh, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but I've certainly said in dressing rooms mm. that my experiences of an L.A. dressing room, mm. It's like the the uh, the different ends of the spectrum are New Zealand and LA. Yes, The UK is somewhere in the middle, yeah. dressing room. We may talk to each other. Yeah. In LA, everyone's on the phones. No one speaks. Uh, you know, to, to an outsider, maybe totally, I'm sure yeah. of their friends. In New Zealand, you come off stage. Everyone clusters around you, hugs you, congratulates you on the latest bit and then offers you a topper in the most deferential and polite way.
1: <gasps> yes, well, it's, it's the thing. I think uh, there are, there are cl- cl- cliques... Uh, Uh, Within the industry, I think I think I belong to one which is well hated. um, Oh, what's your what's your clique? Not well hated, but because um, I'm part of an improv group called Snort, which is a um, uh, you've done this show before. It's a group of um, it was a group of uh, you know that started from just a bunch of us, a bunch of actors and comedians um, coming together and going. We should try improv, and it's been going for a. Maybe three or four years now, but 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 there is no denying that that group of people have you know the, the, the amount of comedians who are part of it, like you know it's Guy Montgomery, me, uh, me Alice Sneddon, um, Laura and Joseph from Two Hearts, like it, it, it's it's guy like so many people who basically ended up writing most comedy shows, <laughs> most comedy shows in New Zealand, uh, as well. So it's kind of seen as a clique in terms of uh. Yeah, we've 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 all been very lucky to be able to because we all do stand up as well. And we all perform individually, and I think we've had many successes within that group. But um, but I reckon we're we're well hated by uh by other people other people in comedy, because. and rightly and rightly so because click. You know, I think people naturally do that. Like I think when people, especially clearly define themselves as a particular group, like and it's not an intentional thing, like. Because we just literally are an improv group that perform together, but we all just so happen to be kind of also intersect into each other's lives, and we often work together. And twenty um, <clears> years <throat> from now,
0: three of you'll be movie directors. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> yeah. be talking about the scene back in the snort days.
1: I mean, well, yeah, maybe, maybe, hopefully, because I, I, mean, it would be amazing to see them all kind of us all succeed in that way. But I think, yeah, when you clearly define yourself as like a a, a kind of cohort, I suppose, um, people you can be. You can be, like, given shit. But never in a serious way, I think. I think in New Zealand it's never in a serious way. It is it is exactly like extended family. Sometimes you hate members of your extended family, but you're still technically related, you know what I mean? So it's, um, it's uh, I think it's a really nice kind of pl- place to... It's such a nice... I mean, I couldn't have hoped for a better place to start comedy, I think, because you're just given the room to just be... You're given the room to just be who you are and just... just Genuinely, kind of truly express yourself, as you said, in largely, incredibly supportive environments. And it's like, that's just so rare. I think it's just so, so rare. I don't know if I can't speak to England, but, I mean, it just feels like a rare, really cool thing.
0: I saw Jimmy Carr struggle very slightly once mm. at, a, at a kind of weird one-off live festivaly type gig. Yeah. And... Um, it, it was really interesting seeing yeah. the way he coped with, no, not going for that. Yeah. And what about this one? Not yeah. going for that. Okay.
1: Do you think he um, cares?
0: I think he is a special case. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly I honestly couldn't tell you. Um,
1: I think he, I've met him a couple of times. He's, a, he's got a good heart. He he has got a, he's a lovely guy. He's and a he's, real lovely guy, eh? yeah. Yeah. But I wonder if like, you have to put depending on what kind of your what what your style is you have to put the up kind of weird barriers or like you know I think just kind of self and for self preservation in that sense, yeah. especially when you're a one liner comic, I suppose, but yeah. but I
0: suppose there are there are comics who thrive on a negative reaction, really yeah, but they're still thriving on a negative reaction in order to try and win the people, yeah. so yeah, yeah, I
1: think oh yeah, but yeah i I guess um yeah, no, I think I think most people want want you to like them, but yeah, I, I've i forgotten my original point. But
0: in the <laughs> in in the development of your in, in your in your ongoing maturation as a comic from the last the last few hours that we've seen this the one yeah. three years ago and um, and your current show, and certainly what I perceive to be. There are there are some excellent big out there moments in Horndog and mm-hmm. the the resolution of the show is one of them. Like I said, yeah. very nearly on my feet. Oh <laughs> God, God, man, Come on, come on, um, I'm so
1: glad to say that because that ending I didn't find until just before the fringe.
0: Really? Yeah,
1: it didn't happen. I just oh, honestly, that's God, I, okay. You know, if you've seen it, that happened. All of that at the very end great, of that great. happened on a bus yeah. on my way back from a preview. Going, oh maybe I'll just do that and then, and then just the, it was so Oh, those
0: moments. Maybe I could, oh fuck, I've got an end. Oh, yes, and yeah, like, great.
1: oh, the, the moment where you find an end where you go, oh, this is the end. It's like it's like the the end that I prophesized. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you're like, oh, oh it's finally going together. Yeah. You know, I find what I find a real difference between New Zealand and and, and here as well. Maybe even in, in 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 America as well, is that, particularly my group of friends, very hard to be, um, I find, I was talking to this with my friend Alice, people here, or maybe comedians here or performers, are outwardly earnest, but not to each other. Like, they have a real problem, and maybe it's a British thing, of being real honest and earnest with someone, or like, I don't know, like... Give me an example. I don't know. Oh, well, she was actually saying... um, well, we do this thing and our group of friends are even comedians and stuff we do like compliment circles and we just and there's no irony to it and there's no like bitchiness it's just because we're like let's just give each other a compliment
0: I'm shedding a little kiwi yeah, know, tear I'm <laughs> shedding a little kiwi we tear it's that. we fucking having, beautiful man we
1: were having a horrible I think I was having a horrible day and then you know, I was like you know in a group we're just like oh yeah okay cool We each person say a really like, nice compliment about each other and we're just like and we did, and that's and that's something that would be like seemingly embarrassing or like you know people would give you shit for. But I think it's like I, I'm so happy to be part of a group of friends who are just not embarrassed Because like, so I live with Emma City, who's another com- comedian, and she gets on with all my New Zealand friends. And I think it's because she is just a wonderfully open, loving, earnest person who I became instant friends with her in in, in England because she was. I guess want someone who reminded me more of my comedy friends in New Zealand, like, I've just quite like supportive and obviously bitchy, very bitchy at, at times, but ultimately, I don't know, just just people who, oh God, I'm getting real fucking happy dippy here, but like, yeah, just people who genuinely want each other to succeed. I think, and in New Zealand, I think, I think that's, I think that there's very much that vibe of like, I think people are genuinely. Happy for others' success rather than um, kind of competitive, but um,
0: yeah. Are you are you immune to envy?
1: Absolutely not. No, I'm a terribly, terribly envious person. But I think being aware of that is the first step. To try, you know, being aware of that is the first step to try and stop that. Yeah. It's, just, it's not not something you'll never be, but it's something you just have to keep tabs on. Because comedy is obviously you're going to be like that, but it's just. Um, It's just checking yourself I think Every so often and just being like Oh god I'm being an awful person (laughs) Being an awful person right now Because I think comedy is just something that obviously breeds The most cheeky behaviour When it comes to that you know You'll read reviews or you see other people getting good reviews And you're like why, why can I get a good review And you just have to like I did it the other day where I just had to go Stop This is wild What you're thinking right now and like You have to like for your own sake. You have to be happy for your friends and the success of other people, and it has no nothing to do with you. It's um, but it's something that's very you know hard to struggle with in the fringe. But maybe this is me learning to be a better trying to learn to be a better person in my twenties.